right. All right. Well, you know what? You know what they say. We don't do small talk, so we're going to jump right in. Let's get to it. Okay. Um, today we are talking about therapy and going to therapy. And I think the reason that we're covering this subject, and it is so important to both of us, is because we have a lot of experience going to therapy and we're yeah. such advocates for it. Yes, definitely. That being said, there's such a counter force that I think happens in our society where there tends to be, you know, stigma to going to therapy, whether it's, you know, fear of what it is, whether it's shame, whether it's just like being overwhelmed. And so I think we're here today to kind of share our experiences and we'd love our listeners to either, you know, feel seen or share it with someone who maybe yeah. is questioning therapy or just kind of that like little encouragement because I know for me personally, I would not be here figuratively or literally if it wasn't for therapy. So I'm obviously mm -hmm. team therapy, huge fan. Um, yeah. What about your experience? Yeah. Um, for me, therapy was, I was a little bit late to the game, but I literally can't think of many things that like provided true clarity mm -hmm. uh, with the tougher questions and the tougher things that we go through mentally. Um, and it's one of those things that you go through in life and you're scared of it initially mm -hmm. and then you, you experience it and it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right. So I feel like therapy is definitely fits that category and a much needed. Uh, we just got to exercise that resource as often yeah. as possible for sure. And I think that there's things that you encounter in life that you're surprised that therapy helps with it. You know, therapy has helped me at my job. Therapy has helped me with my relationships, with my family, with my friends, with obviously my romantic partners. And it's also really helped me, you know, learn myself, which is mm -hmm. obviously something that I'm, um, you know, really passionate about. So, again, team therapy, we yes. love it. But here's All the day. thing. You and I both got into therapy under pretty dire circumstances. Yeah. So for me, for example, I entered therapy in my mid-20s because I had gotten married, had a panic attack, and really just was not prepared to deal with the complexities of what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really relied on therapy to help me through that process. And you you entered therapy because yeah i was trying to figure out my partner and i were just trying to figure out if this engagement is is right mm -hmm. and that's supposed to be the period where it's fun and you're wedding planning and you're looking at you know cake tastings and different like styles but we were in a mental space that was not was nowhere in my opinion near where we needed to be so it was kind of was like well let's just try this almost and how long resort. were you engaged like how long were you engaged before you went to therapy Ooh, um, I think we actually pr we decided fairly early on in the engagement that mm -hmm. a couples therapy was was required. We we also had done it a brief little try of it before mm -hmm. a couple years prior, where we were kind of had a little rough patch. Just and I wanted to just I had no experience in that space. Yeah, and my partner had a lot more experience. So for me, I wanted to turn over every stone. Got it. Really make sure. I didn't leave any regrets or anything that I didn't try. Yeah. Um, and I figured like, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know? I mean, but that was, you knew that something was kind of broken yes. and I obviously knew something was kind of broken. So like we referenced it as like, we jumped into therapy at the deep end and we're like kind of drowning. But if you're listening and you're like, well, should I try therapy? Like we recommend 
going to therapy and kind of like stepping in the therapy pool from mm -hmm. like the the steps versus like diving yeah. in because it can be really overwhelming especially when you're so desperate yeah to figure something out mm -hmm. um and so having a little of that foundation and that little bit of a tool belt to like go into maybe we don't wish anyone dire circumstances yeah, but to be prepared for them i think is only going to benefit you and the people around you yeah and and you know dire circumstances happen so this is really just about being equipped for what will happen to you you will make a mistake you will be in a point of um just disparity mm -hmm. and we want to avoid again getting so far down that path before we're trying to find a resource yeah um, that last ditch effort feels just really it's that desperate like reaching for anything energy so mm -hmm. um and we're also you know it took a while we i think we both entered therapy in our like 20s um and i would say that both of us have felt a force of like stigma when it comes to therapy my my um example or my experience is that you know i grew up in a household a pretty traditional midwest household um and i didn't I didn't remember really talking about my feelings. I never referenced my mental health growing up. I mm -hmm. was not part of any conversation that I had, right. not only in my you know family unit, but even at school. Um, and so for me to get to the point where the circumstances were so dire, I think the stigma that I had to break through was the stigma from my parents. Yeah. Because they're just... This is this is not a dialogue that they have. Like, mm -hmm. how are you feeling? How did that make you feel? Yeah. Talk to me about, you know, why the baby boomers were strong, right? It yeah, absolutely. The baby boomers, like, we love them. Obviously, they raised us and they did such a good job, but I, I don't think that mental health was on their like priority. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But I, where have you felt stigma? Yeah, I think from my end of it, it's you know, being a male, uh, that's the typical place where you find just we're just not even want to be a part of that conversation mm -hmm. it's something that um is rarely as men we rarely i think exercise our vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, like our muscle there so if we're rarely exercising it um the chances of us actually engaging in that practice are just very low and then we're not amongst our friends talking about so hey let me tell y'all what i had to go through or my therapist told me last week <laughs> Like that's never a part of conversation. <laughs> we are not bringing that up before we watch the game, yeah. after we watch the game, none of that. Um, and it's just like an ego thing. You know, we want to seem strong and we can bear things on our shoulders. And unfortunately, having open, honest discussions seems or fits in the category of like weakness. And, yeah. Um, something that we don't want to. We're just not equipped in that space, so we we disregard. What percentage of your male friends go to therapy? Or have gone, I guess. Less than 10%. Okay, for we sure. got to get that number. <laughs> I would for say sure. that the vast majority of my inner circle, um, female for sure, I would say 90% of my female friends mm. have gone or are currently in therapy. 90%? 90. Dang. I'm rolling with a thoughtful crew yeah, here. Yeah, thoughtful crew. Yeah. I, well, I, shoot, I would you know just make a naive guess i'm sure that's pretty might be accurate in terms of if we just did like a sample size of yeah the general public i mean i don't think it's 90 percent women that go to therapy i think it's yeah. much lower but mm. um you know I, I it also reminds me <laughs> we've we've obviously talked about dating before we've talked about like height preferences but there's this meme that 
it says like therapy is the new six four, which mm. I totally agree. Like I think yeah. on dating apps, it should be like, can I get a permission slip from your therapist? Yeah, I. You know what's funny about that? I remember seeing that on a couple profiles. Green flags I look for was yes. the prompt. Uh, have been to or in therapy. Absolutely. Like, wow, it's it's seeped into the dating world, and it's people are just putting that out there as. This is something that I'm interested in, and we're going to have a discussion about it. So whether you've been to it or not, mm-hmm. kind of be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just to continue with, like, the the stigma that I felt with my family, like, when I was going through my divorce and I was in therapy, um, one of the things that was really important for me was to include my parents on that journey. It was something that I really um, wanted. And so after I got divorced, I was – in therapy and I had asked my parents are divorced and remarried. So I have four parents Mm. and I asked all four parents to individually go with me in a session with just that parent, me and that parent. And only one parent of mine went. Dang. Yeah. So they all ran for the hills. So those, that's like kind of the stigma. And I think, you know, I've been in therapy on and off for a, a little over a decade now And, you know, it's still a conversation that I have to tread lightly on with my family um, and really advocate for it. Because I I do think it's, you know, especially the boomer, Mm -hmm. the boomer generation, like um, it might just be something that they're just not familiar with. So we're we're here to break it down. Yeah. And I think, well, for for what would you say was the common kind of theme in in the nose? Like, why? Why did you feel like they were not interested in therapy? Yeah, I think fear really drove a lot of the no's um, because they didn't know what they were walking into. I think that they were afraid of maybe feeling like ambushed. Um, They were afraid of maybe that like the therapist would be on my side or like my loyalty, which if that's the case, that's not a good therapist (laughs) period. Um, But um, yeah, I think fear was really the driving factor in, in not participating in that. So, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm okay with that now. I've come to terms with this is my journey and it's something that I need. And, yeah. and that's okay too. And I, I hopefully have learned enough skills and boundaries in my time in therapy now that it, um, it does affect positively my relationships with my parents regardless of if we've gone to therapy or not. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. And I think that kind of just gets into – you know, why is therapy important? Yeah. You wanted to just <laughs> open up a forum. On if my- that it wasn't, if that wasn't a paid promotion for therapy already, I don't right. know what is, but Holla yeah. Somebody, some MD, some one of them on my <laughs> platforms. Um, but I think I'll kind of speak from my end. For me, I think therapy is important for, you know, a few different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays a role in your overall health, mm-hmm. right? And I think now mental health is becoming a more common part of the discussion. Um through just if you see, we see it in more social media folks are writing books on it um there's podcasts about it but i think uh i think it was charlemagne that actually mentioned uh, the way he framed it was very uh, insightful for me it was like you go you break a bone you go to a doctor mm-hmm. toothache you go to a dentist yep well if your mind hurts there's a place that you can go and there's mm-hmm. a resource for that whereas you know we just want to continue to walk around like we're not in pain and we're not have any problems that we're dealing with so i think just awareness of therapy and, and mental health plays a role in how your whole being is. And it's very important to to realize that. Absolutely. And I think it also, you know, especially males, I love that you're kind of speaking to that sector, but if you even expand it outward and you just look at it as like a human being, like being a human 
is really tough. Like we were both born and it didn't come with an instruction manual. And this is our first time in our heads and our bodies. And there's complicated situations. There is things that we go through in childhood. There are traumas that we endure. There's societal pressures and stress. I mean, we're dealing with like a capitalist society and there's a lot of things that are going on. And it's can be really, really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think therapy is so important is because it's a it's a professional yeah. who is helping you navigate and just decipher the intricacies of being a human. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have like one iota of awareness, you realize that you you are dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love therapy is because it's such an intentional act to like take that time out of your day and say like, this is a priority. I'm, I'm taking care of myself mm-hmm. and then I'm going to show up better. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And that's why I love it. <laughs> it it's, it's great. And for me, I think just to add to that, um, the importance of it is also to, you know, we're generations move together, right? So if we can do everything in our power to, in our friend group, make it a more common thing, um, I was telling actually my younger cousins about therapy, um, just make it a, a more part of conversation mm-hmm. so that it doesn't seem like something that's very, um, it's like scary to approach yeah. just because you don't feel comfortable with it or just because you don't have all the resources at that time. And we'll share at the end kind of some tips and things when you're getting ready for that point, mm-hmm. um, what to really start looking for. Um, but I think a lot of this and what we've kind of talked about is, you know, our experiences, but mm-hmm. there's also couples therapy. Mm-hmm. Right? You, couples therapy is hey, juicy. <laughs> when I tell you, like, best way for me to put it, and I'm, I'm an athlete, so I'll kind of speak from an athletic background. It's, 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 you're in a, you're in a game or you're in a, a competition, so to speak, but there's a referee right mm-hmm. in the middle to really help mediate, um, and really make sure that each party is understanding what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, communication is like a two-way street, and um, being able to like not only say what you want to say, but like listen, mm-hmm. very very important. Yeah. And fortunately, I had the experience um, through the engagement to really help us navigate that space uh, when it comes to couples therapy, and um, that's really where it's also a nice, uh, especially from a male perspective, where you feel like you're just going to get ready for an argument. Uh, you may be quote unquote in an argument, but at least that argument will have a neutral third party referee to help I love you. That like, analogy. Yeah, like uh that that was a little foulish right there. That was a little <laughs> out of bounds. That was like, yeah, was throw, the, throw the flag, you know. Uh <laughs> chopping. Look hey. at you. Okay. Somebody's been watching paying attention to football. I like it. I I'm like a football it. girly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So listening, like I think, is a skill set that Fortunately for me, I have, or I'm, I'm getting a lot better at it. And I've, a lot of my friends have, have told me that part of the reason why they bring things to my attention is they feel like it will be heard. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're not just born a great listener, I don't oh. think. I think it's a skill that you have to practice. Yeah. And when a therapist, uh, when you present a situation to a therapist and they say, you know, um, George, your partner just said, you know, blah blah blah. My feelings are hurt when yeah. you exactly, and don't then like come interpret that. Yeah, yeah, and then now you're on the spot. It's like, oh shoot, my partner just went on a one minute like explanation of that situation, mm-hmm. 
therapist has now asked me, okay, George, what was your interpretation or what was just said? Now you get to like test your partner and be like, oh, do they listen or do they only listen to the positive things that I say or the negative things that I say? Uh, and then you can just be a better communicator, I think, after the fact. Yeah. Because you know how your partner is listening to you. I mean, I think what's so important about that example is that it just goes, it shows you the dynamics and the intricacies of what communication is. Yeah. So I might say something and you might process it or hear it differently because you have your own set of lenses of experiences that you're passing that through. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I think especially is important about couples therapy is it helps you um, get better at your communication skills. And, you know, I think sometimes when you get into couples therapy, it is that dire circumstance. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know a lot of couples who are like, we are doing great, but we are going to go to couples therapy. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> when, when everything's going smooth, you're like, how, why, how, why would that come into mind? Right. Yeah. I'm sure uh, instant rebuttal will be like, well, everything's cool. Like, is there, yeah. do I need, do I have a reason to worry? Right. Right. Is there something going on? Yeah. Are you about to drop a bomb on me or something like that? And I mean, obviously we both entered couples therapy when things were dire circumstances, but um, I think it helped me be, it, it got me on the path of understanding what communication really is. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point I am a good communicator, but I truly think that I can always get better. It's one yeah. of those things that you never stop growing and learning at Mm -hmm. and again it trickles out into everything I mean the way that I communicate in a meeting with my coworkers is a great example of like I think that I'm saying something Mm -hmm. and I probably could get better at saying that and provide you know actionable feedback or you know things that I need post this this meeting Mm -hmm. um you know so that communication I think is really important I also think from like a couples therapy perspective I think just taking that time out and saying we're committed as a couple, mm-hmm. we're we're willing to go into this experience and say we're focusing on our relationship and we we both want to improve it yeah. is something really beautiful. Um, you know, I think there's our lives are filled with distractions and I don't know, yeah. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. Like when you're at home, Mm-hmm. And you're having the same argument over on the same over. couch. Yeah. And it follows the same pattern. You really like to your referee point, which I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. It's like having an unbiased person. And I will say couples therapy, you both should absolutely feel safe and heard by the therapist. Yeah. Like if the therapist ever points out like, oh, you're the bad guy. No, that's not a good therapy, yeah. the therapist. But like that space is just a way to not only hear mm-hmm. your partner, but communicate better with them. And I, and that's why I think couples therapy is so great too. Yeah. And I think part of the frustration with the, you know, you're in the same space, having the same argument, it quote unquote, like leads to the same result, mm-hmm. which is unresolved, right? <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so if you're going to, if we're going to have an argument mm-hmm. and we're going to do it in couples therapy, when we get done with that argument, we'll have like maybe some homework. Maybe yeah. we'll uh, maybe I'll actually have listened to a part of your your phrase or your speech or whatever you're trying to get across that I wasn't paying attention to, uh, paying attention to when we were just you and I arguing, right? 
Um, because again, that therapist can ask again, like very straight up questions like, George, what did you just hear? Yeah. Or, um, tell me how that statement made you feel. And then it's like, okay, if I tell you that when you mention X, Y, and Z, I feel sad, I feel unheard, I feel unwanted. Now you have that in your toolbox to when we, if, when, and if we get into another argument, you know, hey, don't say these three, four things. Or if you're going to say it, you know now that that's going to make me feel some type of way. Yeah, you know what the consequences are. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, Just, again, heightening that awareness about how you and your partner um, just move through this world. I think, like you said, just that's what, I think that's one of the most, that's like the ultimate sign of, hey, I'm trying to see you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make this better. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are are things that I have to get better at. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in the situation. Yeah. Right. So I think there's an acknowledgement that there is work to be done. No one is um, necessarily at fault. No one's at right? fault. We're both trying to solve the problem. We're both. All three of those people in the room have the same end goal, and that is yeah. for a healthier relationship. True. And I think that that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. And I will say, like, I went to couples therapy and – I, I don't want the punchline to be, unfortunately, that those that relationship didn't work out because I really don't think that's actually the truth. I think that couples therapy really empowered us to make the right decision for each of us. Mm-hmm. I was already married and we quickly realized that we probably were headed in different directions. And I don't think without therapy, we really would have been solid in our understanding of why that was the case. Mm. And I think, you know, I've said on a previous episode, my breakup was my divorce was really amicable. Yeah. And I think it's because through therapy, we really were able to truly see who each person was Mm -hmm. and not despise them yeah like I didn't despise him for the dreams and plans that he had for his life and I think that he didn't despise me either there really became this like peace and understanding Mm -hmm. and I don't want what I don't want to have happen is listeners think oh I'm gonna go to couples therapy and split up yeah because that is not the case yeah that's Um, not the case and and it's not the goal. It's not the right? goal. You don't walk into therapy like, hey, we want to break up. We just want your sign, your cosign. <laughs> you know, and if you're going into that with that energy, like you got bigger issues, I feel like. Yeah. But even then, um, when it like again, the the solution in some cases may be to split. Um, but I think again, the goal is how do we communicate here? Um, how do we s- put this pu- puzzle together and make each party feel heard, seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like, you know, make the decision based off of that, not off of the circular arguments mm-hmm. or the fears or um, the frustrations and things that get you to that dire state. Because mm-hmm. um, when you make decisions based off that, like, you know, you'll tend to probably make the wrong ones, right? Well, I have to ask you this. Yes. I'm putting you on the spot. You get into a relationship now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Are Shout you out bring- my future girl, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure she's very lovely. I can't wait to meet her. Um, but um, are you going to therapy? When are you bringing that up? Mm. What does that look like to you? Mm. First of all, that's a great question. And I th- 
my immediate thought is yes, therapy doesn't have to be a part of it, but I, I at least want to talk about it mm-hmm. uh, to get a feel on if it's something that my partner would be open with or open to. In terms of timing, hmm, I would say it's tough to put like a time stamp on it, but I would probably in the in the conversation of hey, uh, you know, I really would. How would you feel about therapy? And mm-hmm. if it's receptive, then I would be like, okay, well, um, you know, we've been maybe we've been dating for like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I would I'd pose it as like, well, let's just go try it. Yeah. Let's see, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it would be very important for me to convey that this is a nothing is wrong here. Yeah. Right. I'm not bringing this up because I'm worried, concerned. There's something that I need to quote unquote uncover. It's more, I am committed to being the best partner for you. And this is a tool that have that I've seen useful in my life. And, uh, you know, I want to see if, the, if this would work for us. I love that. You know, I think that's how I would approach it. Um, do you have like a timestamp that you would have couples therapy be a part of your new relationship? I think that I would, my, my future partner, shout out to my future <laughs> partner too. He is hot. <laughs> um, I think before I got engaged, I think that would be a really important mm-hmm. milestone because as someone who's previously been married, I think that engagement period is, okay, this is the tea. Mm. My ex-husband and I almost call, called off our engagement. And the reason that we didn't, end our engagement is because we had put the security deposit down on the <laughs> venue. <laughs> oh, shit. We didn't already put these bands down. We doing this. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And At I, that point, it's kind of doomed. Right you know, in retrospect, <sighs> you're right. But um, I think when you get engaged, I think the focus becomes so much on the wedding. And yeah. like a wedding is a logistical nightmare like no part of me ever wants to have a wedding again but that's Mm -hmm. my personal opinion Mm -hmm. but i think that engagement like laser focus like let's get married yeah it really kind of it it muffles all of the other stuff with the relationship that i think happens Mm -hmm. so for me when i'm with my future partner i would really love to go to therapy before we got engaged so that we just do that Mm-hmm. We're on the same yeah. path. Like we have all of those boxes checked out that we see eye to eye on something. Yeah. I think what would be to take it a step further, what if your partner were to say, um, let's bake this into just our normal like flow. Let's do like one year check-ins. Let's do hot six month check-ins. Like hot. Okay. That's daddy. I'm collecting, I'm putting that, I'm putting that in my pocket. <laughs> Hey, if, if, you, um, if if my man said to me, hey, <laughs> I just want to make sure that we do a little upkeep here and, you know, we we are intentional about yeah. making sure that the health of our relationship stays on point on point. That's my man. That is my man, my man, my man. Hear that, fellas? So, <laughs> See how I'm, trying to, I'm trying to uncover the gems, Let's <laughs> uncover these gems. Um, OK, so. 
I want to share some personal stories a little bit. I'm about, excited to hear about our um, positive or negative kind of like impacts. How many how many years have you been in therapy? Like give me. Ooh, okay. So if I were to just, because I went on therapy in like phases. Uh -huh. So if I were to just kind of accumulate everything, I've probably been to six, five or six couples therapy sessions. Okay. And about four individual seconds. So right. about 10 sessions. And I will say that like, I mean, I didn't know you before you went to therapy, but I've spoken to you before about what an evolved man you are and, and you're listening and your communication skills. So if you can get to that level in 10 therapy sessions, whew. it's doable. Yeah. Um, but let's not be fooled here. Those were the sessions that actually were had, right? To get to those sessions, it takes yeah. interviewing therapists, getting comfortable. For sure. Um, we'll dive into some of those things later. But yeah, it, it's nothing that um, is as, as drastic as it, it seemed to be, you know? Um, because I think for me, I went into it with the right intentions. I think that matters as well. Because mm -hmm. if you're... You were open. Yeah. If you're yeah. open to it, if you're walking into it, you know, kicking and screaming, then yeah, it's like... It's not really worth your time at yep. that point because you haven't even allowed yourself to be open to. I think that was the first question that they asked at couples therapy when I went with my ex is like, mm -hmm. are you both open to improving the relationship? And if one person says like, nah, I'm, I'm out, like then you like there's no point in, in paying for it. Right. Like, <laughs> $150 down the drain. Exactly. So you both have to be open to it or you yeah. have to be open to it to see go to therapy as an individual. But yeah. OK, so. Obviously, we have a lot of positive experiences mm -hmm. from therapy. You were going to share some of your... Yeah. So for... I'll kind of share a couple's therapy, positive experience, and then solo therapy experience. So with couple's therapy, we've been talking about how, like, the, the tools that we are, that we gain throughout that process, mm -hmm. right? Um, for me, it's, it's all under the umbrella of awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Just being aware that... You know, we're all different. We all communicate in different ways and we all listen in different ways. Right. So just being aware of that fact, I think, um, just opened me up and allowed me to become a better person with my friends, work, um, just any relationship, human relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, uh, I view myself as a pretty patient person, but uh, there's also like empathy that you don't really get to you know, see and experience um and the day-to-day -day life right if somebody is if your partner that you love is sitting on the couch or you know table across from you and they're pouring their heart out mm -hmm. and they're talking about things and they're crying as they're talking with a stranger right there it's like there's this energy exchange that happens that's like wow okay i see you. time stops a little bit mm -hmm. right and you don't know you can you can create that environment with whether it's your partner your best friend somebody at work that you maybe have a struggling relationship with is like, hey, I'm going to set this time aside and I'm going to listen uh, and I want to know what are the hard things. Like, mm -hmm. let's actually talk about it. So just having that, um, like having your eyes open to that, mm -hmm. I think is very, it's, it's, it's for me, um, played a huge role in, I think, my comfort level uh, in being in social settings, meeting new people, um, having deeper conversations with my mom. I mentioned kind of on prior episodes I had yeah. to, I had to tell her that, like, you know, she some of the things and some of the ways that um, some of the things that she told me as I was getting raised and as she was helping me kind of navigate relationships, like, didn't serve me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I knew that that would, you know, hurt her to hear. But 
she needed to, I had to communicate that one to kind of, you know, defend myself a little bit. But, you know, if you were to say five years later, like George, at some point you're going to tell your mom like that, like I would have been like, nah, I'm going to keep that to myself because I don't want to hurt her or, but little did we know, like after we had that conversation now, I mean, we're talking about deeper things. Yeah. Uh, we're joking even about relationships. And- She's probably grown from that, which yeah. is so beautiful because I think that that's like those additional layers where mm-hmm. like when you start to do the work, the people around you yeah. are positively impacted and hopefully it reflects onto them and then they start to see things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, just going to therapy sessions to work on myself, um, you really, you can uncover some of your tendencies that don't serve you. So mm-hmm. um, some of you may know about like defense mechanisms. And I remember there was a therapist that broke them down, the four main ones, like four horsemen or something like that. And one of the two of them that I, that I realized that I was doing uh, stonewalling mm-hmm. and, you know, defensive, just being defensive. So stonewalling kind of, you know, removing yourself from the situation, like, if you if you can imagine, oh, we're about to argue. Okay, I'm gonna get up and leave the room or mm-hmm. leave the space. Or I'm gonna make a scene when I leave, right? Or just being defensive. Um, well, why are you telling me that I do that when you do this? And Oof, that one, that one shuts everything down. Shut here. it all down. But <laughs> no I think, one, no one's recovering from that. You got to take a time out and like regroup 24 hours later. Because for real, um, <laughs> because we do these things. Yeah. But we don't know that there's a name for them. Yeah. And we don't know that hey, these behaviors are actually a part of a bigger scheme and a bigger, I'm not going to say scheme, but like a bigger, um, there's, a, there's a place for these in the in the therap- in the in the physical psychology of things where it's like, hey, if you do these actions, these behaviors, it'll lead to this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, when you look at that, oh, there's a name for that? Oh, okay, I see why these cir- the arguments keep going in circles. Or mm-hmm. I see why I can't get through to one of my friends because he he's a stonewall or he's a... He, uh, he, one of the defense mechanisms that he uses is criticism. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I know it, I can put a name to it, and I can also um, help him or help her work through it, right? It kind of makes things a little less personal. When there's like a definition to something yeah. and you're like, okay, this is in a a, a curriculum mm-hmm. or like a, a medical journal and there's like a definition to it it kind of is like a little reassuring yeah that you're like okay it's not just me or it's not just you know my experience it's like this is something that has a name and so you you start to like I for me I start to empathize the person behind that action or whatever yeah because then that for me then it allows me to start to get curious about why those things might be happening Mm. um you know in like a romantic relationships setting you know the way that we were raised is so important on how it how it reflects and how it shows up in our relationships and i think i mean we've talked about this at length but one of the ways that my upbringing really shows shows and showed up in my romantic relationships is the relationship with my dad Mm. and so I my parents got married very young they had me very quickly thereafter and my dad left my mom when I was very young like by the time I was one years old and so um you know I had divorced parents when I was an infant 
And that meant that I had two families mm -hmm. for the majority of my life. Yeah. And, you know, there is that cliche like daddy issues kind mm -hmm. of terminology, which is a little a little triggering to me because, in fact, in reality, there is a lot of truth to it. Yeah. But because my relationship with my dad was sporadic and inconsistent, I mean, it's really hard to explain to a young child mm -hmm. that you only see your dad every summer and every other major holiday. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just a very that's a very complex thing to understand for yeah. a young child. Yeah. And so I grew up with, you know, two parents and I'm so fortunate because I will say like I have two step parents that took me on as their own. And I'm really, really lucky that I have four parents mm. who loved me regardless. Right. That being said, that doesn't change the inconsistencies that I had with my dad mm -hmm. when I was growing up. And so that that inconsistency really created a lot of anxiety in me. Yeah. Um, and how that shows up now as an adult is I identify as having an anxious attachment style. So I naturally lean on being anxious in romantic partnerships because I think the other thing that the correlation that was so important that therapy taught me mm -hmm. is my relationship with my dad is shows up in my romantic relationship with men that I'm involved with. Mm. And as an adult, you're trying to rectify those prior that wiring and make that relationship, quote unquote, right. Yeah. And in the, in reality, you can't make that sh relationship right. Mm -hmm. Like that was the relationship that I had with my dad. And so oftentimes what that looks like in my adult life now is attracting people and men who are unavailable to me or are inconsistent mm -hmm. because that is familiar to me and ultimately it makes me anxious. So it's this like self-fulfilling prophecy uh. and it's, and it's been like a really vicious cycle. I would say the majority of, of people that I've dated have erred on the side of being unavailable or being inconsistent. And Again, it's the thing that I want the least, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's the thing that I'm most familiar with. with. Yeah. And so I wow. am doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to really hopefully break that cycle. And yeah. I'm like, I'm still working on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for me, it, it, it takes away this, like, I choose the wrong partners. Yeah. It takes that pressure off myself. And I'm like, I have a little bit more grace and understanding. Yeah. And I, I can kind of like, I talk to like my younger self, my inner child mm. and inner child work is another thing that I've learned in like in individuals therapy. That is like one of the best things. Yes. Yes. But talking Heavy to my, too, though. yeah. Talking to my inner child and making sure that she feels safe mm -hmm. and that, you know, she's allowed to say like this inconsistency doesn't work for me mm -hmm. and I will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can let this go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm an adult now. Yeah. Whereas when I was a child, I didn't have a choice. That was, that was the situation I needed to be in. But now as an adult, I'm allowed to say, this doesn't serve me. I don't like this. I don't want this. Mm. Yeah. So like that was probably like my juiciest yeah. nugget from therapy and like connecting those dots um, is probably one of the things that I'm most grateful for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, like 
you're aware of it now. So yeah. you can, you can, it, when it does pop up again, because it's not necessarily about removing it from your life and let's, let's, let's get rid of this whole um, relationship that you have with your dad. It's like, no, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now you can catch yourself when you're having those moments in your future relationships and you can put it in its right category. Mm-hmm. Right. And not necessarily believe that, uh, oh, this is happening again. There's, there's a bigger um, negative impact that it's going to have and letting it kind of consume you. Yeah. I think that's part of, part of the issue with with folks who haven't had the experience where they're working on their inner child or, or any in, uh, childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. When it comes up again, they don't have that tool set to know what to do. So the result ends up being the same or familiar. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good word that I think is important to address, especially when it comes to therapy is like the term trauma. Yeah. And I think, you know, we are obviously not professionals. Like let's, yes, I do <laughs> we not are have not, an MD, we uh, do not have the medical. Background. I did take psych 101 though. Oh, okay. You know, I think I got a B plus in that I, thing. Okay. No, well, B plus, you have some improvement. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but you know, trauma doesn't always have to be these like really bad like catastrophic things, those things happen and that Mm -hmm. creates trauma. But like I said, I had four great parents and I had step parents who treated me as their own. And most, some people might be like, well, what are you complaining about? Mm. You know, like what, Mm -hmm. like that's the stigma too. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that can be true. Mm -hmm. And that inconsistency, that chaoticness, that going from household to household Mm -hmm. was traumatic for me. And I'm allowed to say that. And yeah. and that doesn't mean that my parents did a bad job. That doesn't mean that they're at fault for getting divorced. I'm so happy with the people that they are with. And I'm so happy that they are happy and living their full lives. Mm-hmm. But that affected me. Yeah. And that's okay. It is my job now. I can't I can't choose what happened to me. Yeah. But I can choose to do something about it. Yes. Yeah. And how you respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so when folks are feeling confident in terms of okay i'm i'm ready to try the therapy thing yeah like where do you even start like so we wanted to just kind of give you three things to kind of look for Mm -hmm. um and also just a disclaimer uh it's a process Mm -hmm. it is not a one-stop shop um like for example how many how many therapists would you say you've seen in your therapy experience? Um, I think I've gone to, I think I've gone to like five different therapists over the last 10 years. One of them was a couples therapist that I saw with my ex-husband. I actually did go to couples therapy with a boyfriend of mine as well. Mm. That couples therapist actually turned into my individual therapy once we broke up. Mm. So it was like a a two for one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I would say that I probably have gone to five different therapists in my life. And the ones that I've talked to have been like within the twenties because mm. I, I view therapy as like kind of like dating. Yeah. And I know that that sounds a little stressful, but if you're sharing your inner world, if you're sharing your deepest, darkest feelings, mm-hmm. you want to be able to trust that person Exactly. and you want them to be good at what they do. And so, you know, I've al- always requested a like 15 minute introductory call with therapists. Yeah. Um, to kind of see their style and to see, you know, what they're about and just, and just get that Mm -hmm. vibe. Like, are are we vibing or not? It's with any human connection or interaction. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, that's, that's my experience. I've, I've interviewed quite a few and Mm. I've, I've at different stages in my life gone to, I've chosen, you know, five. Wow. Yeah. 
So just like, I mean, that's just context, right? So interviewed over 20 people, but mm-hmm. only five made the cut. Mm-hmm. So just to know that, you know, you do have to go through a few, you know, You don't want that and, discourage and, you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because there are people that are going to give you that level of comfort um, and going to end up being, you know, your go-to therapist. But it's something that you don't have to feel like the first two people you talk to, you have to commit to them in any, any type of way. Yeah. Um, but I would say three things that I would look for Number one, uh, my therapist has to be, you know, personable, right? And for me, you know, it's almost like a familiar kind of energy and vibe. Um, but for me, it's a, it's a little humor, too, because what we're talking about is heavy. Mm-hmm. It's deep. And mm-hmm. it's, um, for example, after a therapy session, like, I almost want to take a nap just because I'm so drained. And Amen. You know what I mean? Yes. So um, if you're going to go through that half hour or hour session, uh, at least have it be someone that you feel super comfortable with, that you that you feel like you can meet them at a party or a family function, and and they're your people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the second thing for me is the style. So uh, I like homework and concrete things to look up. Such and an go action through. man. You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> okay, let's talk about. Let's spend thirty minutes talking about philosophy and the and the quote unquote airy quote-unquote soft stuff, but, like, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do with this when I leave? Uh Uh, And, for example, learning about my my defense mechanisms was eye-opening. It's like, oh, I have something to look at. I'm reading this, and I'm like, dang, that's exactly what I do when an argument happens, or, and that's what that means. And and then, okay, now how do I resolve that? Or what are some things that I can do to um, avoid that in the future? So, Do you remember, like, a piece of homework that you had that – you did in order to yes focus on that uh in individual therapy one of my homework assignments was to find uh either find something that you wrote uh in school like elementary school phase Mm -hmm. so whether that be if you have any like parents has like a clippings of a project or if you have any essays that you've written um just to see like how you were because when you're writing something at that young age it's 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 relatively congruent with how you're actually thinking right you haven't had the life of distractions to taint you yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's like if i have All to write essay, programming yeah none of that program is really sunk in yet yeah, right yeah so pure heart yeah pure exactly heart. so yeah. fortunately for me i found my mom had this uh i think i was in my fifth grade and it was you know tell us about your next 10 years and mm-hmm. it was like what i want to have happen uh and a lot of it was you know some of it actually came to fruition but I noticed that I was talking to about myself and to myself in a in just nothing but pure positive energy. It was like, George, you're gonna do this, you're gonna have this happen, you're gonna live here. Uh, and I'm like, dang, like this kid was hyping me up. Yeah. And it's like, how, how am I so far from him now? Mm. Right. So that was like an awareness piece. But the assignment was again to find something that you wrote uh in your younger stages of life and just read it and sit in it. Um, and I think that was part of the inner child work that yeah. um, you you tend to do a lot of, or at least you get asked a lot of questions in terms of how you how you uh, how you grew up, what was your upbringing like. Um, but that was some of the homework pieces that like, okay, I feel confident, and I feel more welcome. Like, okay, what other tip you got for me that's going to make me feel a little bit better, or maybe understand what's happening mm-hmm. here? Um, and I think the third thing for me is uh, the place has to be comfortable. Like, it has to be a vibe. You yeah. know, I don't want to be in a in a place with no windows or yeah. like. You know, the couches that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it's it's the therapist has to make it an effort. Um, in couples therapy, for example, I'll never forget the therapist. I think she had um, like these 
like flowers or like plants and mm-hmm. she and she was asking like is it too much should i move one over here oh, and she, she was trying to set the stage yeah. um as opposed to sit down you sit there i sit here mm-hmm. pen and pad ready to go it's yeah. like let me ask you some questions to make sure you're comfortable um is the light too bright should i dim it down uh and then once you feel comfortable in that space then you're comfortable in the discussions and then you're comfortable to release a little bit more. Yeah. So those are be the top three things for me. I think that space, that space part is so important. I'm a big spatial person. Mm-hmm. My environment needs to be really comfortable. Um, I mean, one, I always need tissue because you know me, I'm a crier. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I always need to have that box of tissue, but it should feel like you're in a close friend's living room. Yeah. It should feel like this is a place that, I can feel safe. Mm-hmm. This is a place that I can like let my guard down. Yeah. And if you don't feel that, be empowered to say this just isn't right for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's okay too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So my top three are well, one, I have actually a question because the first tip that I have of things that I look for in a therapist, I will only go to women therapists for individual therapy. Solo therapy. Okay. Got it. I think that there's Things that you go through as a woman mm-hmm. that it would be very hard for a man to relate to. Yeah. And as I'm talking through some of the really personal things that I've gone through in my life, I need to have that. I can't have that barrier of like me trying to explain the woman experience. Like mm. that's just, I don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have energy for that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I will say that I would be open to going to a male therapist if it was the right fit for couples therapy. So mm. I'm not, you know. I mean, I'm team woman, but like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. open yeah. to. Makes but, sense. But what about you? Like for your therapy session? Couple therapists. It was uh, women primarily, uh-huh. um, but I did have two men. Um, and what I noticed with the men was they had stories that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, they also had the same kind of struggles. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Were they black men? Um, no, actually. Okay. Uh, I was looking, though. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I was trying to... That's probably really important. Brother. And and that's definitely, you know, as I'm kind of still in my in my journey to find a consistent therapist, like, yeah, that's that's something that's high on my on my list because, you know, there's, there's just that comfort level that I think you're getting at in terms of you're talking to somebody who looks like you, feels like you, yes. um, who, can, who they can see themselves in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that just adds an extra layer... Um, of trying to solve that problem together mm-hmm. um, and, and being concrete and real in your communication as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. So I look for, um, if I'm looking for a new therapist on in the individual sector, I'm looking for a women, mm-hmm. woman. The second thing that I'm looking for, and like I said, I've been to 10 years of therapy, so I've gone through a little um, learning curve of, all of the different types of therapy. There are yeah. like a lot of different. There is. There's a lot of different categories. You know, traditional talk therapy is is kind of the introductory one I think most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was introduced to this thing called EMDR through my second therapist that I ever went to. And it's like bilateral um, eye movement. Um, and what that allows you to do is kind of dig deeper into your subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I was really dealing with some of the trauma healing that I kind of spoke to. Yeah. And it's something that I, you know, some people it works for some people. It doesn't, some people just don't, you know, um, gravitate towards it or feel like they want to do it. But 
every time now I've looked for a therapist because I, I moved from Minnesota, so I needed to find a therapist in California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I made sure that my therapist in California was um, had the ability to do EMDR okay. because that was really important for me. I knew that I would need that in my continued journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like when you find modalities that, you know, work for you or you're interested in what they are, like a quick Google search could obviously guide yeah. you along. Yeah. But, um, yeah, modalities is, is like one of the, the sections that I look for as I'm going through therapists. Mm -hmm. And then the third is this will not surprise you. <laughs> this will absolutely not surprise you as, as we've done a episode on masculine and feminine energies because uh. we love balance, but I need, the communication style is what I need. And mm -hmm. the type of communication that I need is soft and strong. Balance. So balance. I need someone who's going to be a little bit more soothing and comforting. You know me. I get a little sensey. We were actually talking about this earlier today. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I can I can. She throw can dish it, but she can't take it. I can dish it. I, I, <laughs> I throw zingers at you all the time, and you're such – a good champ, but like, don't criticize me. Maybe that's probably something I should explore in therapy. I think you should bring that up. Yeah, I can. I can help you. If you want to invite me to that session, I'll. I'll let them know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be such a good episode. We oh, should have a yeah. therapist in here. It's a good idea. Um, but yeah. I need someone who's going to be, you know, reassuring and and be empathetic to like the human experience. I'm already really really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I'm very critical, which again is something that I'm trying to work on. But, like, I feel like I already beat myself up, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that being said, I'm a very action-oriented person as well. Mm -hmm. I want to be directly told, you know, if they identify something or a piece of homework. So I really need that balance of mm -hmm. soft and strong. And the way that I really, you know, now that I know that I know this, when I'm interviewing therapists, it's like, how are they communicating with me? Yeah. You know, what is their style? Mm -hmm. And you really start to pick up on, you know, I know that this works for me. This doesn't work for me. So, yeah, yeah, like those are my things that I look for now. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, as I think about it, what are two like online either platforms or like search uh, tools that you found uh, to be helpful to at least get started. Yeah, that's really interesting they bring it up because actually the last therapist that I saw, saw mm -hmm. was all virtual. And so we, you know, virtual we, therapy. Virtual therapy. Yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic really, yeah. you know, our mental health for sure was impacted. Yeah. So, um, you know, that offers a lot more flexibility. I think that if and when I needed a, a therapist now, I would look to go back to that in-person thing because I mm -hmm. think you're right. I think the space is so important. And I'm so flipping sick of staring at my computer screen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because if you're if you're sitting there trying to have a virtual conversation and your phone's right next to you and you're kind of looking at the text yeah. and you're getting back to the conversation. I have emails popping up. Yeah. It's and tough I, to I really... try to turn it all off, but it's, you know, it's just life. We're not wired that way anymore. Yeah. Um, and just, again, it's having us. Because it's also that time. Mm -hmm. You set aside 30 minutes or an hour, mm -hmm. put the phones down, you're looking at some media, you're engaged in that space. Um, you kind of respect it more. Yeah. You know? um, but again, therapy, however you can get it, however you want to start that. Yeah, path, my two resources are the, the first therapist I ever found was from psychology today.com. Mm, okay. I was in my hotel room in San Francisco post panic attack and I was like, I need therapy 
how do I find a therapist? <laughs> and they have like this really beautiful, this is like not sponsored. I feel yeah. so cool saying that, but I just want everyone to be very clear. This is not sponsored. Um, but psychology today, and they have this like filter for therapists. And then there's this great, um, uh, platform called, I think it's like called try frame or like frame therapy. And that's actually where I found my current therapist mm, and they do okay. a really good job. I really like the way that they broke down the modalities. So it was very, it was very easy for me to find someone that was synergistic with what I was looking for. But those are my two resources. Mm -hmm. But you know, like I said, Google is yeah. your friend and also referrals. I think like if you have a friend who you admire mm -hmm. and you have either seen growth or you aspire to be like them, who are they, who are they going to? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's the the perfect way to go about it. Um, but I think the bigger thing that I, at least I want to get across is this is one of those um, things in life where it seems daunting. Mm -hmm. But again, once you try it, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. So get to the other side of it. I think it's going to be very crucial for just our development moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm really, really glad that I've gone through therapy because – uh, I cannot imagine me still having those same mental blocks. Mm -hmm. um, not that the work is ever done, mm -hmm. but again, at least we're aware um, and we're able to, I think, navigate life a little bit easier, kind of having those tools in our in our belt. I totally agree. I'm so glad we had this conversation. And if if this conversation helps one person, I think we'll feel... I'll take it. Yeah, I think we'll I feel good it. about it. So, And I'm glad that we can use our experiences because I think that's, that's how this like snowball effect mm -hmm. happens. Like... Mm -hmm. I help you, you help me, we all get better. So. Exactly, exactly. But okay, no, this is, a, this is a great conversation. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Go to therapy, everyone. Get to it. Peace. <laughs>